0: any walk of life who would you name as the most successful people like you might go arnie in bodybuilding yep. the rock business it could be jeff bezos or elon musk whoever it might be all of them put hard work yeah. dedication perseverance down to the key to their success so why the would colin from coventry that he can bypass the thing is widely accepted as the secret because someone that on facebook sent him a targeted ad
1: welcome to the eventful entrepreneur I'm your host, Dodge, and I'm the CEO and founder of the Bournemouth Sevens Festival and the Revolutionary Event Crowd, our new online events course. On this podcast, I speak to fascinating people who have all lived eventful lives. So if you want to hear more like this, make sure you subscribe, leave us a glowing review, and you can follow me on Instagram at Dodge Woodall. I reply to every single message. When it comes to business journeys, Mike Winnett is pretty unique. After selling his business for £8 million, he created a false guru persona peddling crap advice on LinkedIn, exposed entrepreneurs and their predictable tactics, and he even became an Amazon best-selling author of a book containing nothing but blank pages. He was banned from social media platforms, and he's a proper character with a quirky approach to everything he does, and he isn't afraid to put a few noses out of joint. Here is the eventful life of Mr. Mike Winnett. Were you earning a pound note as a, as a young kid at school?
0: age old, sorry. I'll tell you what was interesting. So because I went to boarding school, my mum and dad didn't buy me stuff like sweets or toothpaste and shower gel and stuff like normal kids. They give me allowance of £200 per month, and I had to, like, buy my own stuff and budget from age seven. Brilliant. So I was learning about money and, you know, economies of scale, like buying fucking Jolly Ranchers. Yeah. <laughs> I'd go into the shop and I'd be like, well, if I buy a... A five pack or a three pack, it yeah. actually works out less per unit. Yeah. I was doing that at like eight, nine, ten. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was doing the usual things like selling chocolates and stuff like that. But the, the maddest thing or where I had a competitive edge, if you want to call that, over the other kids, my family lived in Germany. So I could get tax free cigarettes. So yeah. I, was, I was selling cigarettes yeah. in school, like days. young, yeah. like 20p, 30p a single, yeah. um, three pound a box. So, yeah, selling cigarettes was.
1: So the entrepreneur fast. spirit come at a young age?
0: I, it's hard. I think. When people look back when they've got a business, they like to make it out as if it was like a conscious decision sometimes. Mm. It was just, I wanted a few extra quid to buy football stickers. So if if that's being an entrepreneur, sound, but I didn't see it as that at the time. Well, no
1: one knew. No one knew what word entrepreneur was back then, really. No. You know, it's only become cool the last couple of years.
0: Well, no one's a business owner anymore, are they? Everyone's an entrepreneur. That's
1: right. That's right. So tell me then, you went up to the age of 18. What did you do after 18. Um, when you went out to the real world?
0: Yeah, so then I went to, um I moved from a school that had like 250 people in the entire school to East London. I moved to Barking. It was <laughs> a wake-up call, wasn't <laughs> it? Culture shock, yeah. So yeah, first day there, um, someone had been stabbed on the bus on a, I think it's called Longbridge Road. Now, it's a long time ago. So yeah, like for, like literally my introduction, I drove down from North Wales to East London. Never been there before. What
1: thought, year are we okay, talking yeah. here?
0: 2002, maybe. Okay. Yeah, so then just went there and I, I did criminology and criminal justice at the University of East London. <laughs> I literally went to about 15 lectures in two years. Yeah. And then ended up leaving there after two years because someone threatened to stab me in a fight. Is that right? Yeah, it turned up to where I lived and was outside. Come out here. You know, Why? Northern monkey was what they called me yeah, affectionately. Yeah, yeah. Why? Um, Just a little scuffle that escalated. So about 18 months before that, I was in a know, Ministry of Sound, Elephant and Castle. Yeah, yeah,
1: through party's ministry.
0: Yeah, so I was hmm. in there on a Wednesday, student night, and randomly some lad came up to me in there and said you answer with my girlfriend. Like she looked more confused than me. I was like, eh? What? Yeah. It's like 18, 10 stone, like piss wet through. Yeah. Didn't know this lad. And he was like, then started to have a fight. But at the time I used to tie box, my brother's a fighter. Yeah. I used to tie box and a... Uh, so we had a bit of a scuffle, then got picked up by the dorm and taken out like a trophy. Mm. I literally yeah. scuffled at one out, out, took it outside, <laughs> and the fight kind of escalated outside a little bit. Gone back to university, and clever really looking back now. So I've gone like in halls, sort of like yeah. hide and be, been chased by loads of lads, and they've knocked the fire alarm off. Yeah, so everyone's had to come outside, come outside. One thing's led to another. We've had another little scuffle, and then literally for the next twelve months, at different points. Uh, either the lads, his cousins, his mates would either be waiting for oh, me at uni. Painful. But well, really, it's but, like, you're lost in a Yeah. Why is this now a thing to the point where, so I used to work in a pub, I don't know if it's still there now, down, called the Robin Hood. Mm. Um, proper, like, West Ham pub. Yeah, yeah. They uh, reluctantly accepted me there, or whatever, but I used to get loads of shit there and stuff. But um, Shit for being Northern, Northern accent. Yeah. yeah. What happened once, but t- to be fair, it was my own fault. I remember Everton were playing West Ham in a game, and I'm an Everton fan. And I'm a uh, West Ham fan. Yeah, and <laughs> Everton won that 2-0. And i I'd, I'd kept the lid on it, i had been quiet. And then- um, did, we, have your, did you have your blue shirt on? No, no, no. So I was working behind the bar. Oh, <laughs> we okay. we'd have a yeah. good yeah. time. So yeah. I'd have like four pints watching the football. And uh, Leon and Osman's gone clean through. And uh, someone's brought him down, I can't remember who it was at the time. And I've gone, fucking send him off, like from nowhere, because I had a few pints, <laughs> had I? That was it. <laughs> then. Glasses being thrown at me. Fuck oh, off back up north. So he's getting shit like that anyway. But they used to have doormen on there from eleven in the morning till one in the morning. It yeah. was proper, yeah, like a rough pub. And uh, these lads used to sometimes wait for me at the pubs. So sometimes the i would had, had like drama with like six, seven lads that were waiting for me. Ugh, and I thought man. I'm only down here to go uni. Yeah.
1: Um, and you were early twenties here.
0: I'm like nineteen, twenty. Geez. Yes, but where I'm from. Yeah. This, like, this wasn't a real thing. And yeah. then one day after, uh, in May it was, we had been to um, Docklands. They've, they've yeah. got a campus down there. Big fight had happened at Docklands, which was an escalation. This thing that happened like 12 months before. And um, the lads come to where I live, telling me to come outside, put like, a knife outside. So I ended up just thinking, I can't be outside this every day. Yeah. Got in my car, drove up north and been in Warrington ever since. Yeah, fair play, man. Yeah, yeah. Not nice, is it? Uh, nah, but it's mad how different your life could go, yeah. You know, like for like a little thing, Like yeah. having a little scuffle,
1: yeah, how but it all escalates, yeah. So, what did you
0: do? Okay. You left East London.
1: Did you enjoy it apart from one on there? Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy East London? I didn't like London to be honest. Did you not? Okay, no, I don't
0: like it. I, I, I don't even like visiting it to be honest, yeah, okay. Um, but what because
1: of the f- what went on in the previous or you just do to hustle and bustle up down there, yeah? There's okay.
0: so much pressure, it's almost like tangible, you can feel it there. Like, I used to feel relief whenever I got past for Gap. Mm. Like, oh, like, life's just yep. easier up here. I used to see a bloke on the tube, he used to go on the train, like two um, changes. See him every day. He'd never let on, never say hi Whereas where we're from. Like, everyone says hello, don't they? Everyone. Yeah. Even. If you see someone twice, you're like, all right, mate. Yeah. But it was so different there. Like, people didn't even want to speak to each other, look at each other. Yeah. So, like, you're lonely, essentially, in a, a busy place, an odd yeah, place, yeah. I think.
1: So, what was your move then? You went, you booted straight back up north. What, yeah. what was on your mind then?
0: Um, just. Go back into university. So so I went to Liverpool University, finished my degree.
1: So you did a two year degree there. Can you could you transfer? Did you tell them the story yes. what happened? You could transfer back I, up to Liverpool. I didn't tell them all okay. it, but I just
0: basically got a transfer. So I redid my second year. So yeah. I did four years at uni, but it was like did my first year, did two second years yeah, okay. and then did a third year. Okay. Um left uni with like a third, didn't even bother going to yeah. get my degree or whatever. And then um, went to go get a job at the Young Offenders, Young Offenders Institute in Warrington. Mm. Mad. They offered me like 13 grand a year and my job was 11 hours shift, seven days on, seven days off. And it was an open prison. Mm. Um, and they wanted me to basically run a wing with 60, 60 inmates yeah. telling them what time they had to go to bed and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, at this point, I'm 21 years old. Yeah. So I weigh like nine stone. Now what I'm gonna tell like 15 to 21 yeah. year old lads, yeah, get to bed, boys. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I thought, fuck that, for 13 grand, it's not yeah. worth it. Got a job in sales. Yeah. And then I couldn't believe there was work out there that would pay you for turning up. Yeah. And then pay you to actually do your job and be good at it. Yeah. So I was like, what? It's like a striker being paid a goal bonus. Yeah. Well, that's a fucking job. What they get a bonus yeah, for that yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. So it blew my mind that I could earn like double money potentially not get beat up by (laughs) younger vendors working in a call center basically saying like do you want to upgrade your mobile phone yeah so i just did you find that easy were you like i'm actually actually,
1: this is this is perfect for me
0: yeah i kind of then saw myself as being self-employed like i work for myself just the company i am paid by just gives me the tools to earn money so it was like i was only limited by how much effort i wanted to put in and stuff like that so I then realized, shit, I'm going to do this. Learn how to sell because I think it's such like one of the biggest skills you can have in life, let alone agree, business. Agree. Be able to talk to people and yeah. stuff like that. And then I just thought, I'm going to learn everything I think I need to know to have my own business one day. So that was when I started to proactively do things in my career. Yeah. To learn the skills to be able to run my own business. Good for you. And
1: were you learning? Were you were you building something on the side while you were working there, no, or were you just trying to learn? Every single skill you can possibly have and go, you know, what, I can take this skill set and create my own business.
0: Yeah, that was what I did. So okay. I, I would like to go and apply for jobs and do things that I thought would help me learn skills that I could then uh, use in my own business. Yeah, quality. But I took pay cuts on that journey yeah. at some points because I thought the learning's worth more than the money at yeah. this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then what was your business you set up by yourself? so i set up a business called uh learning heroes which is like an online training company it's actually changed its name now to litmus heroes and it was what year was this this was 2015 so i'd worked in startups for six years yeah. so i ended up going from
1: working for Carphone warehouse yeah. and
0: doing all this working for bt i then went and worked in two startups over a six-year period one was a like brand new startup single page website no employees yeah. and i worked there for four years and That's my biggest advice to anybody that wants to like, go and work in a startup. Don't go like that. Best experience, uh, best learning through experience. You'll
1: learn more at a startup in six months than you will
0: in a corporate job in six years. Yeah, and also because you're surrounded by conversations that would be well above your pay grade or whatever. Because if you're in a room with only three directors that have separate business, they're talking about budgets, marketing, uh, acquisition of clients and stuff like that. So that's what I did. And then by nature of being there first or one of the first ones in there, anybody else that comes into the business, you're kind of almost senior to them. So then you're asked to train these people, manage that team. So by default, you might not even be good at managing or being a team leader. You are thrust into that position. So that's what I did. And then when I turned 29, um, I was on like 70 grand a year at the time, which is good money for like Warrington. I just thought like now or never, like Mm. I just quit my job one morning, went home, my wife at the time was pregnant and I just, she goes, what are you doing home at this time? I said, I've quit. She goes, what? I said, yeah, I think I'm ready to do my own business yet. And I didn't have a clue what I was going to do. Good. It's not like I went, yeah, I've been slowly building it. I've waited to yeah. come over. What I did was I worked out my expenses were two grand a month. Yeah. I saved up 12 grand and I made a like promise to myself that the day I've got 12 grand in my bank account, yeah. I'm going to quit work, set up on my own using that 12 grand. Cause I know, I've got my bills covered for six months. Yep. So anything I have a go at, I can have a proper good go at yep. it. And, and worst case scenario, just go back and fucking yeah, work exactly. where I was. We've got a skill to go straight back in there and get 70 grand again if you need yeah, it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I did. And then it sounds mad. I pretty much looked at with a couple of friends different industries uh that I've got like a sort of model that I like for businesses. And I said, let's find a industry or sector that this model fits. And then we wrote down a date on a piece of paper, which was 10 million. Um, sorry, a number on a piece of paper that was 10 million and a date that we wanted to sell the business. 10 million turnover? Uh, just a sale price. Okay. Like literally. Like oh, what, as a sale price. 10. Yeah. Okay. And then worked backwards from that. And then we executed that business. And two and a half years later, we sold it for 8 million. Did you? With like no experience in that sector. So the first startup we ever set up, sold it for 8 million. Good for you, mate. And, and how, many, a, how many, how many did you have mates on board of you? is it solo? Uh, yes, so there was me and Ian. So I've got a, a business now with Ian called Iron Productions. Yep. We make like content, produced podcasts and stuff like yep. that for people. And then there was two brothers that were two friends. So, so
1: you had twenty five percent each. Yeah,
0: so two years, two and a half years work for two million in your back pocket. But then it days, it, mate. But Do you get then
1: entrepreneur's tax relief
0: on that. Yeah, yeah. which was good actually because they've changed that since. Yeah, they have. So we would have been like Wallops. So we only had to pay ten percent. Ten percent. Yeah. Yeah. At, the, at that time, so that was pretty good. So uh, you, put, so you got, you got,
1: you got two mil, paid you ten percent, you left for one point eight. Yeah. happy days yeah and what was that business
0: what was that business so it was an online training business so at the, at the time e learning was shit it was made by geeks they had long contracts yeah. people would say nobody i knew that did training in businesses would go oh i can't wait to do a three-hour death by powerpoint yeah. click next like training so and we looked at it like if i want to know anything in real life you go on youtube yeah, you or find you find out, a video yeah. and it's like who can tell me the shortest time yeah. possible so we just thought why don't we why in businesses do we learn in a way that is so alien to how we learn in everyday life? Why don't we create short animated explainer type training? Because the real learning takes place on the job. So almost like introduce a concept, yeah. go and put it into practice yeah. and then learn yeah. by on the job. Why make a four hour, five hour course, a yeah. hundred modules and yeah. stuff like that? So we just did that. Maddest thing was though, we wanted to see if we could sell it before we built it. So we only made four courses and went to market with a list of everything that we were gonna make over the next few months. Yeah. So, our USP was we give you new content every week, but the reality was we didn't have any fucking content. Yeah, mate. We built it as we went. Okay, interesting. So, yeah, rather than build 300 courses, yeah. then try and sell it, yeah. you know, we, we might not fucking sell anything. So, yeah. we did that. And so, loads what of. What were you teaching people? It was all, it was stuff for corporate. So, our actual client or the person we would sell to would be a learning and development manager in a business of anything from, say, 50 staff to anyone, the Football Association, one of our clients. Uh, So we had like Football Association, Matalan, Arcadia Group, Mm. Loads Boots, Mm. pretty much anyone on the high street were our client. All we would do is give them training materials to use in their existing training. So it wasn't like um, you'd get a certificate or anything Mm. like that or accredited training. It was literally, these are learning resources for your training team, L&D team to use to uh, train staff so it was ah, okay. how to upsell at the till okay um working at heights uh, and how
1: would you charge w- how would you charge that company
0: well this was the maddest yeah. thing so all our competitors at the time would say how many staff have you got we've got ten thousand staff right how many courses do you want access to well we want the leadership collection and we want the sales collection mm. all right so you want two collections right so it's going to be 15 you know ten thousand people times this many courses we're going to tie you in for a three-year thing here you are, you can't use anywhere else. We just went, fuck that, it's 500 quid a month. People okay. like, what? We've got 10,000 staff, how come it's 500 quid a month? And we just said, we've not got it wrong. We think everybody else in the industry's got it wrong. Yeah. And the reason why we did that is we, uh, we had a strategy that we wanted to sell the business. If you were a traditional online training provider yeah. uh, and you might be charging our clients 50 grand a year, well, yeah. we could charge them six, if I do that, they might take our content on, even if they're in a contract with you. Yeah. So we didn't have to wait, number yeah. one. Number two was I can damage your business by 50 grand every sale we get. So you might buy us to protect your client base. Yeah. And that's what we did. We had two simultaneous sales strategies. One was we would, because we only made content and didn't make an expensive system. Mm. um, We would make content that could work in anybody's system. So we'd partner some people and have like a friendly relationship with them. So they would kind of push our content to their client base or, um, they 'd integrate it for as if a client comes to us direct bought our stuff then they'd integrate it into their learning management system mm-hmm. and then we would proactively aggressively target any content creators learning uh, creators client base yeah and it would be like we're going to steamroll you and take all your clients so you so might you were
1: undercutting it. everyone yeah and you're going to all the major companies and say I don't care if you got ten thousand people staff or three thousand we just want 500 quid a month for yeah. our content and and you can like, use it as really much really as you want
0: cancel it when you want
1: Turn so up, how want. did so how did it get valued at eight mil you must have had a lot a lot of clients on board so uh,
0: so we had 340 clients in two years and they just come to us and there was a company at the time yeah called uh sap well litmus it was called and they're the ones who bought you yeah okay so litmus and they were looking for subscription-based businesses in the learning
1: okay and what year is this 2017. Okay, so that's really embryonic. That was really early days of the learning, the online learning world.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's why it was good. In a way, the reason why we wanted to sell so quickly was because we genuinely had a different look, feel, model. model. Yeah, business, yeah. yeah. But these companies were massive, massive, multi-million organisations. If four idiots from Warrington with no experience in the industry could do this in two and a half years, yeah. they could easily throw five mil, six mil, ten mil at, at it, blast past us, and we wouldn't have a, you know, we'd never get that sale. So we we literally gone, this is a quick in and out. Let's do this and then get our money and do stuff we're interested in afterwards.
1: Good for you, mate. Yeah. Good for you. So when, on that period there, did you tee them up? Did you yeah. tee them up? Did they work on an EBITDA, like, or, or on your turnover? Or was it just, it was the value, what you thought it was worth yeah. and what how hungry they were? What are they doing? Were they embedding it into their company because yeah. they, they were doing this anyway?
0: Yeah, so this is the thing that's quite interesting. Yeah. So, they had a learning platform that they might sell into it, like they you might be a big organization they'd come in and go how many learners have you got do you want to certificate those learners blah blah, blah whatever it is they were selling platforms like 50 grand 60 grand 100 grand mm. we sold content for like five grand a year yeah. six grand a year yeah. so to them they're thinking well, we can sell our 50 grand 100 grand platform yeah. to your 340 clients yeah and then vice versa we can offer your five grand six grand upsell to our 3,600 yeah. clients. So, yeah. okay, I get it. So, it was worth more to them. But this is where it got clever. Because we partnered their competitors, because mm. we weren't tied to any yeah. one learning platform, it's like Windows making software rather than making computers. Yeah. Make the software that works in everyone else's computer. Yeah. And it's you've got more options when it comes to selling. So, we made the content that worked on anybody else's platform. But some of those platforms were huge competitors that hated each yeah. other. So, when we launched in America, launched in Australia, Companies were saying we want exclusivity on your content. Yeah. But we would say we don't offer that. Yeah. If you want that, you're gonna have to buy us. Yeah. Okay. So if you don't want your competitors to also be offering our content, yeah. Buy us. Uh, buy us. So what
1: what turnover were you doing? What turnover were you doing as a business before you sold? Um it
0: wasn't even that rough. It was ex. well, turnover. We had 300, 340 clients paying us an average spend of four hundred pounds a month, four hundred and twelve, it was so six grand times three hundred and forty. Yeah. Okay. And then they just came in and like offered us $7 million on the Friday. And then we said it wasn't enough, then offered us $8 million on the Monday. So they were offering you six or seven times your turnover. Yeah. But yeah. they were saying this like, but we don't want you to do a workout. Yeah, We don't want you to um, come into work again. Yeah, It's literally, we give you the money, you have the money in your bank account within a month. And we see you later. Happy days. Off. Did so you... that's why we did that and took it at that point. Because everyone you... else was wanting to be... Two-year workout. Yeah, to your work you don't out want workout earnouts. No, like yeah, we, you're your cuffs. Your handcuffs, You don't want that. So it was worth more to us. The time was worth more to yeah, us. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Uh, so, yeah.
1: Did you ever feel at a time when someone's come in and gone, uh, Mike and your three partners, we're going to offer you eight big ones. Did you ever think, God, they've offered that already. I've offered seven. They've moved it to eight. Do you think we're worth more? Or are you like, you know what, let's not be greedy. Let's take it and get out yeah, of Yeah,
0: so it was at the beginning we wanted... Pretty much two and a half mil each
1: each. So you wanted
0: your 10, which you set out to get yeah, originally? Which was, like, naive almost. Like literally, yeah. it was like, yeah. pick a pick a number. And it's weird actually, because since doing this stuff, I've spoke to a lot of people that do like mergers and acquisition stuff. And they always say, whenever you speak to a new business owner and they want to sell their business, they've got one of four prices. So I have a one mil, five mil, 10 mil, or 20 mil. Mm. Like that's it. Mm. And there's like no rhyme or reason to it. In yeah. their mind, think, oh million a million pounds, I'm a millionaire. Yeah. Or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, and we just picked 10. But at that point, I was paying myself 10 grand a month in salary. Mm. I felt richer at 10 grand a month, guaranteed money every month than I did having
1: one8 1.8% in your bank account. Tell me what that feeling was like for you when you signed the contract and you split the money between the four of you. What
0: was that feeling on the day of getting that money in your bank? I'll take it back a little bit. The month that they came over was stressful because number one... Came over? Are they American company? American, okay. yeah. So they come over and like we couldn't tell the staff because we didn't know if it was going to go through. Yeah. right. How so, many full-time
1: staff do you have at the time?
0: Uh, I think it was like 21 of us at the okay, time. Okay, so you're now. building. Okay. Yeah, so that's what I mean. Like while our profit was low, yeah, but we knew we could do it, run it like yeah. that. And, but also we were smart. We knew we wanted to sell and we didn't want to do a workout. So we'd already replaced ourselves in that business. Yeah, so perfect. we had an MD there that was yeah. on... Top whack. Yeah, how much uh, actually? He was on sixty four grand a year
1: up in Warrington. So it was a good, a good, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We had like
0: salespeople on, on like thirty five grand. Yeah. For jobs that were in Warrington, between eighteen yeah. at the time, but we did that specifically. So, want more, do more. Like yeah. now, like we can put if you're fishing around in like the sixteen grand, eighteen grand mm. market for people, what you get is fourteen grand staff chance around the ram, trying to get a pay rise. Yeah. Where we were going this is what we're giving you like this is what we expect from you so we'd kind of replaced ourselves so it was an expensive business to run mm. really and we were all taking 10 grand a month mm. every month as well mm. the full four, four of you yeah mm. so we were so straight away taking us out of the business like mm. they were saving themselves another 40 grand blah, blah. first thing they did was increase the price by the way by 40%
1: what the price of the course the
0: price of the content yeah content so, okay so like these would like we'll get rid of the bottom 15 20% of clients and make more money yeah but they flipped that business nine months later. That group got bought out for 2.8 billion. Yeah, sure. Because what they did was 13 acquisitions over yeah. two years. So They probably saw you as cheap. Well, yeah. So answering that question that you asked before about would, would it have been worth more? I think they always chance around If someone's yeah. offering that money, it's worth a lot more to them to start with. Okay. And the, how that business wanted to do that purchase was they didn't want us to create competitive tension yeah. or go to open market. Yeah, We probably could have got more. Yeah. But equally, getting that extra time back, being in and out, we knew roughly that people would start to cotton on to what we were doing, yeah. and more s- competitors. Yeah, so it was like it was the right time to sell for a number of personal and financial. So
1: resources. did so when you got when you got sold out for eight? Did that change your life, you personally? No, honestly, I'm no, the most okay. boring person ever. I was no. applying for jobs like within ten days because you were just I need to get my teeth in something.
0: Yeah, so I'm a big believer in like. I like to do things to learn. So yeah. I knew that I wanted to invest in property because that's what mm. you get told, you know, buy a second property. Mm. By, by. But I didn't want to follow flashy YouTube adverts yeah. or Facebook adverts and go to these, like, runs the back of the room property events. Yeah. So I just started to apply to work at estate agents in Warrington. Oh, and right. no one would touch me because why would you employ someone that's just, just sold, sold out the for business? a load of words, Yeah, They thought there was, like, some weird angle yeah. that I had, but I was literally like, I will work for free. Yeah. Just pay me commission on WhatsApp. Yeah. Or what the Because that's your buzz. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. Why I need to work. I need to be doing something. So that was it.
1: So, mate, after that huge success, obviously, tell me about the next movement you've made with I Am Productions and the one that I'm really interested in, which I absolutely love, is the Contrapreneur, which you've done on YouTube. And you've got over 100,000 subscribers and millions of views. Tell me about that angle and why you wanted to go down
0: that route. So that all happened by accident. So what happened was, so basically, when we sold the business, we got told that we weren't allowed to do something in the same industry for two years, like um, non-compete. So I was like, that's fine. And I like making content. Mm. That was like something that I've always done, and that's what we did in our whole business, but we made learning content. And what I found was there's loads of content online about how to scale your business, how to sell your business, what you need to do to increase your multiple, all these different things. Um, but there didn't seem to be anything out there for what actually happens if you achieve that goal, what actually happens, what, what next? So fine, you've sold your business for a few mil, what next? So Mm. I thought like working class lads, there, what didn't seem to be anybody out there like that sounded like me, looked like me, that was putting that information out there. So I just took a lump sum of my money and then I went online and I started to look at who's out there, who can I listen to, who can I trust? And bear in mind I had no social media at this I'd never been on social media yeah. before. So I did all this without this is what, 2019, 2018? This is 20 yeah, 2017, yeah. 2018, end of the year. Um I started to see people like Grant Cardone and um Gary Vaynerchuk and loads of them, Rob Moore, Ty Lopez, mm. all telling people, oh you can start a business. It's mm. easy. Mm. All you need is a uh, Wi-Fi and you know be sat on the beach for four mm. hours. And I thought, that's mad. So, of someone that's actually worked in startups for six years before I even felt confident enough to do mm. anything, and then set up my own business and work loads of long hours. And this isn't to like um, glorify that mm. muscle culture, but I didn't pay myself for the first nine months. Mm. And, you know, it, it was hard. I didn't work one hour a, m- a week or four hours a week from mm. the luxury of a beach, mm. like literally working Saturdays, working mm. nights, putting the kids to bed, mm. doing the social media and all that for them. So it was like, how come I've been an idiot and actually worked quite hard and mm. done loads of learning to achieve these things? When Chad, the 23 year old lime green mm. Lambo driving teenager, mm. uh, teenagers doing it for four hours a week. So I thought, I'm gonna buy all their courses. Yeah. Did that what you did? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I am just gonna buy their course and film exactly my process <laughs> of going <laughs> through all of these courses, seeing what happens. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. And I, it was literally just a...
1: So give me an example. You'd buy a course. Give me an example of a course you bought. Uh, so I bought this course
0: on crypto mining, how to become a, a millionaire through crypto mining. I bought this course, spent 30 grand on crypto mining rigs, and I followed exactly what the guru Hold said. Hold on me. Y-
1: You spent 30 grand on a course? Yeah. yeah. Is that right? Well,
0: and also the, the mining rigs. Yeah. Yeah. So i just do shit like that. Okay. <laughs> um, and and then made it. Because my mindset was this, Right. 99% of me feels like it's an absolute yeah. black. If you're making money, if you make more machines that make money, yeah. why wouldn't you just do that yourself? Yeah. Right. So part of me thought, like, it's got to be a black. But there's that 1% niggling yeah. bit. I just thought, is it? Yeah. So I thought, like, what? So I thought either one or two things going to happen. Either it fails, I've made some content, yeah. some people haven't got scammed. And this isn't, I did it to stop people getting scammed. I was going to do it anyway, but I just thought I can film myself yeah. doing it. I might then make money from the content in terms of ad revenue, yeah. and building on, what on YouTube and stuff stuff. or whatever. So it almost yeah. like it negates some of the losses I yeah. might okay. have. So okay. if I was going to do it and didn't tell anyone about it, I've lost 30 grand. Yeah. If I did it, made some content, and then it makes 500 quid a month from ad rev, yeah. I might get some of that money back. So yeah. it comes like I was mitigating some of the risk. Um, But then the other side was it fucking works. And I've made a million from crypto. I've made a million from dropshipping. I've made yeah. a million from my, you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 um, affiliate marketing, whatever yeah. it might be. So that's what I did. So I started to go to all these events. I'd be there and I'd watch vulnerable people, might be the wrong word, but people desperate for an answer to something, wanting to escape, escape the rat race. It's actually got worse since the pandemic, by the way, but this was pre-pandemic. Yeah. And I would watch gurus on stage telling people that if they just follow their step-by-step guide, they would earn six figures from X, Y, Z in 90 days. And it just made me think, think about that in any other industry. Imagine it was sport. Yeah. Imagine someone brought out a course and it was a a, a golf course, but from someone you'd never heard of before, yeah. saying, I can turn you into a pro. PGA yeah. quality yeah. golfer mm. within 90 days by just following my simple four-step formula that the pros <laughs> don't want to teach you. Yeah. Two grand or one nine nine seven. We would all laugh at that and say it's fucking stupid, isn't yeah. it? But entrepreneurship and business ownership is like an elite level sport. Yeah. You need to actually have some skills, put in the work, yeah. put in the time, learn through mistakes, experience. So I just went to all these events and I saw people that shouldn't have even been there really for want of a better way of describing it. Desperate that this person that they'd never heard of two yeah. weeks ago before they clicked on their advert really was going to turn them into a multi-million pound business in eight months or whatever it might be getting up, rushing to the back of the room, paying two two bags on a course, mm. and then it not working yeah. and being surprised. So this is when the penny dropped and I thought, shit, why don't I just follow these people around yeah. and record their events and what happens? I did that and my fourth video on YouTube just went boom, through the roof. And then it ended up me going into Gary Vee's office and Netflix offering to turn it into a documentary. Is that right? Yeah. So I've, I've, I'm kind of like an accidental YouTuber that's made content. Like the, again, like I feel lucky, and I think luck's a massive part yeah. of the success, like yeah. sort of, of equation. A lot of people don't like to admit that mm. because it takes away from their genius mm. or whatever. But mm. if you do enough of the right things yeah. and put enough effort into the right things, I agree. yeah. And I think, and this was what used to bother me about being on there and listening to these people on stage. I couldn't replicate my success in that first business step-by-step step now because yeah. there's certain things that are outside your control, market conditions, there's not an American company acquiring business like ours. Yeah. So even if I taught you every single decision I made, I can't still guarantee that outcome. And it used to bother me that people would advertise their course with a with an outcome as like the headline. So turn your business, it works anywhere with anyone in any sector yeah. into 10 million, but they could be complete fuckwit. Yeah. The product could be wank. Yeah. How can you promise these things? Yeah. So when I was looking at it and I started to do the research and I got really into it, it's quite interesting. Yeah. The success rate on some of these courses is like 0.2%. Now think about this, in any other industry, if you had a medical, like a drug that was only successful in 0.2% yeah. of cases, it would get pulled from mm, the shelves, wouldn't mm, it? Mm, mm. But for some reason, this industry was unregulated. So I can be kind of like a bit of a lone wolf, the entrepreneur guy was just a word that we made up. And it was people pretending that they were successful to con other people like one entrepreneurs is why he's called desperate. And I always go back to this, any walk of life, who would you name as the most successful people? Take it if it's sport or like you might go, Arnie in bodybuilding, yeah. The Rock, if it comes to like being mm. film or business, it could be Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, whatever it might be. All of them put hard work, yeah. dedication, perseverance down yeah. to the key to their success. So why the fuck would Colin from Coventry <laughs> think that if he buys a course, he's gonna be that yeah. he knows that everybody he looks at has been successful. Yeah. That he can bypass the thing that he is widely accepted as the, the sort of secret yeah. to their success, because someone that is on Facebook sent him a targeted ad. Yeah, it blew my mind. So I just basically made content for like that for two years, and it caused a lot of trouble, but opened up an awful lot of doors for me. Yeah,
1: so I bet. I bet. What yeah. sort of trouble did it cause? Go back to there. You said you went into Gary V's office. Where was? Where were you?
0: Yeah. How so, did that happen? So I went to this event and I was doing undercover filming. What event was it? So this was, a, it was a success resources event in London. Okay. So I'd gone back to London for the first time since nearly getting shanked. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to this Gary Vee event and as a piss take, I was going to ask, so I was writing a book at the time. Weirdly, actually, I'm a, a selling author now because I sold, I got a blank book to number one on Amazon. Because <laughs> what I used to do is hold I'd, on, hold on. You got you a best author selling yeah. a blank book on Amazon. Yeah, Google that Mike Winnett blank book. You'll see it, it made the it made press in USA, in Australia, loads of places. That- so what I used to do is whenever I'd see these gurus <laughs> claim something like it was, a, yeah,
1: you'd research it to okay. find out how they did Call it. But
0: instead of just saying, "Don't believe being a best selling yeah. author, it's bollocks." I'd go, "How can I create content that takes the piss out of these people and shows how stupid it is?" So. I basically worked out how to become a best-selling author and thought, fuck that. I'm going to do that myself. So within 24 hours, I designed a book, but it was like how to become a best-selling author was the title of it. It was, um, was 797 now available for 97 pence on the front cover. I put fake testimonials on the back scene. This book changed my life. I became an instant millionaire, proper taking the piss. (laughs) And then all it said on the, in the book was blank page. So h- how many pages was it? 144. And every page was blank? It said blank. It said blank page, blank page. On some cases, I, on pages, I put, yes, another blank page. And then another one I put, is the rest of the book going to be like, this? <laughs> yes, it is. So that was basically the book. It just said blank page on every book. Put it on Amazon using the tactics that I'd learned. Yeah. Got it to number one. It actually did better than I thought because the book was then trending. Then Amazon used it as the actual icon for their business section. Yeah. And it was a blank fucking book. So it got it to number one. <laughs> So 24 hours, it was there for two weeks, but I sold 49 copies. You're joking, mate. No, 49 copies to become a yeah, best-selling yeah. author, and it didn't even fucking say anything. Yeah. So my point was, don't be fooled, because I could have made that book, and it could have been how to become a crypto millionaire yeah. or how to become a property millionaire. Yeah. My point was- It's the same can, model. Yeah, if I could do it with a blank yeah. book, and then I could be booking speaking gigs, and then when people do research, oh, no, he's a best-selling author, he's Yeah. A book on. So it's kind of like highlighting how stupid it is, basically. So um, who's at fault there then? Is it Amazon? We, yeah, I suppose. Well, letting, it, letting someone like you so they get away with tell this. You, so there's no content. They sell. They tell you that the books are manually checked, which is bollocks, yeah. obviously. So I could have put anything in the middle of that book. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> that's um, quality. Yeah, so I did that. But it was just to prove a point. Um, and that
1: must have got you huge exposure as well. And just going yeah. back there, with the, how do you get a, a best-selling author on Amazon? There's certain
0: tick points that you have to sell a certain amount of books. How does it work? So like, what you do is you pick a really niche category. Yeah. that's loads of shit-wank books in yeah. there. And you just have to be top of your sales chart for an hour, and then they give you the. Is that right? Yeah. So it's like if you come out the traps and sell 15 books, y- you can buy 15 yourself Kindle version. So what most people do is they drop the price of the book on the launch, sell 50, 100, however many copies. Tell all the mates to you know buy it. Mm. It costs you 15 quid. Mm. And uh, as long as you sell the most in a in an hour, boom, you're seen as the best seller. Wow. Yes, but mine <laughs> went rocketing up the like the normal charts. Yeah. And uh, so that's, that's our I became wow. a author. Go back to Gary V. Mm. Gary Vaynerchuk. How did you get in front so, of Gary Vaynerchuk? So, so I'm doing this book, So yeah, but I was going to write a book and I had started to parody guru. So I'd set up a fake profile called Mike Winnett. I had nothing to do, obviously, because I, I was told not to work for fucking two years. So yeah. I was like investing in different things. But then and because I was deep in this guru world, I thought, why don't I just set myself up as a parody business leader, parody guru? Um and almost like take the piss out of the things that they say, but but like not be self-aware. So yeah. I would be giving business advice on social media, talking about you should prioritize work because if you earn enough money, then you can buy your kid's love at a later date. Or if you wanna <laughs> increase your bottom line in business, employ women, because the best thing about the gender pay gap is they're just as good as men, but you don't have to pay them as much. So I was giving like really <laughs> shit business <laughs> advice and it was getting like millions of views. Yeah, yeah. To the point where, <laughs> Um, loads of Reddit threads started up, like "Is this the worst boss in the UK?" And some of my posts got read out on the radio as like "worst bosses." I did a post about under this was under your name, was it? As a as a joke, as a so, joke, so okay, a, yeah. And I called myself the UK's number one demotivational speaker, okay. so I set myself up yeah, yeah. as like the anti-guru yeah. type thing. But like, not even like it was a joke. Like I didn't realize that like, my advice was so shit and so yeah. bad. I set up a fake <laughs> website. I was just bored, mate. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Bored, I was going to say. <laughs> I set up a website and it was um the demotivational tour and I put a fake sold-out tour. Then the maddest thing started happening. So it was like speaking in Nottingham, speaking, so they're like on oh, a world tour or whatever. And people started leaving reviews saying that they'd seen me and Which heard that, me talk. Mad in it. Madness. Mad bastards out there. Madness. So then I just became like a parody guru. So my so what I was doing is I was writing a book and documenting and yeah. making content about my year being a fake guru. So yeah. it was gonna be and I'm a best-selling author, and I managed to get onto speaking gigs, yeah. sell-out
1: tours, and yeah.
0: And basically, go. and None of it was real. Yeah. That was like my idea. Okay. Right? So I was so the entrepreneur. Originally, was going to be my life as a fake guru. Yeah. So I wanted to get Gary V to do a forward for the book. So I paid 800 quid to sit like on the front table and ask Gary v a question, and all I was going to do to him is go, "Hi, Gary. Like, I might win it. I'm the uh, UK's number one demon, which was speaker." can I get a forward for my book? Knowing or hoping he'd go, I don't fucking know who you are. Yeah. And then I was going to put that as the forward. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it literally, it literally <laughs> was an expensive joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> but while I was there, that's when I saw all the speakers leading up to Gary Vee, who was the main draw, were people that you'd never heard of that yeah. had got no level of success selling to vulnerable people from the stage. Ah, okay. So, and when I was hearing the same thing over and over again, I was like, this is interesting. So I we basically recorded the events. What, undercover? Yeah, yeah. Is it? Made loads of content, but then we earmarked who we thought were the worst, scummiest speakers from the stage. Yeah. And I've gone, fuck it, we're going to go to all their events in the next few months. And we just went from events, went all over the country, recorded it, and that's when <laughs> maddest things happened. In these <laughs> events, like the same people would get up at the same time. It's all like, there's like,
1: Fates. What do you mean the same people would get up at the
0: same time? So when it goes like, who here wants to, you know. Well, so the fellow on the stage who's trying to sell you a free grand course or something. So you're in a room, 2,000 yeah. people. Yeah. Loads of little things like this, but I'll just take this one because yeah. this was the one where I yeah. thought this and that's when I thought, fuck doing the fake guru for you. Yeah. Right? Let's yeah. just record this. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, this yeah. is actually interesting. Um I didn't get to ask my question by Gary Vee, by the way. Yeah. I'll just finish that. So I yeah. didn't get to ask my question by Gary Vee. A woman, too... there's a video about this on YouTube actually shows you where I'm stood waiting to ask the yeah. question. So wait two fucking days for this. Uh, it cost me like two <laughs> grand in total the woman two rows in front of me goes hi Gary I'm just Irish woman I've just um, won't do the accent um, I've just done a book can I get a forward for your book and he goes I don't fucking know it why would, I, <sighs> why would I give you Yeah, yeah. so I'm looking at Ian who's my business partner at Iron Productions I'm looking at him thinking what the fuck am I going to ask now like yeah. she still on she she's stolen my yeah two, two days for <laughs> this so I literally um, I got caught off wasn't asked to ask a question but I was allowed to get a photo with him Had a, as I was on stage with him he said, Gary might sound really mad. Sold my business like a couple of months yeah. ago for eight mil, and he generally said, "So what are you doing here then?" Which kind of like yeah. gives you an example of like the kind of people that expect to turn up to those events. If you actually know about business and he said, you've been successful, yeah. why would you be sat here for two days? Yeah. And he goes, "I want to hear more about this though, so send me a message on social media and get in touch." So that's what I did. I emailed him. Boom. And did he reply? Uh, Ignored me for two weeks. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, so like fourth time of asking basically i've got a full video of how i did it exactly what i emailed him who i emailed and the process to get in there and then he got me over to meet him so you how many times did you have to email him for him to come back so it was like two dms on um instagram yeah. and uh one email but what i had done is i had when he ignored me the first few times i'd looked at his businesses yeah. i looked at who was around him in yeah. senior positions and connected yeah. with all of them so i was on them yeah okay yeah but that's like stuff that you learn being in business yeah of course like, I bet a lot of people go oh Gary V never got back to oh I'll leave it I was So got, yeah good for you
1: I ended up getting over there so got, what did you say
0: getting over there did you say can I have a half an hour with you so he just goes like come over like I just want to speak to you so I was like sound um, Book flights he sorted the money out for the flights for us he, he paid for the flights yeah yeah did he yeah fair play to him uh, and what did he um, want then what did he
1: want out of that do you have the fear I that you know. did he
0: know that you no, were doing so he this knew contrapre- he knew nothing at this oh, okay. point so when I've got again I've got this video on my YouTube channel yeah. where I meet him his body language is all off he's not really interested it's weird actually the video we put out looks quite paints been a good light yeah um, but we could have put out a, a, an example of like where he's he's not such a nice person yeah. anyway long story short he's, he doesn't even know why we're fucking there by the time we get there six months later he's, he, he, yeah. who are you I can't yeah. remember So we're going, oh, Gary, blah, blah, blah. I went to one of your events. I'm doing something called The Contrepreneur and it's about get-rich-quick gurus. Honestly, body language changed. Changed. It's like, oh, so yeah. what did people think of me? You you, you don't think I'm one of them proper like that. Anyway, long story short, he said, I fucking love you guys. This is brilliant. Like, they're the worst in our industry. Yeah. But can I ask you, who's the worst person that you've come across? I said, well, I've never, ever named them in my own content. so I'm not going to name it on here. She was like, Cut the cameras. He made me cut the cameras. I told him. He's fucking bouncing off the walls. Can't stand this guy. Hates him. Yes. I'm going to help you guys. If we go to Netflix, it's got to be about him. Is like, that right? Yeah, mad. Mad bastard. Who was it? Oh, I'm not going to say. Why not? Uh, four and a half grand's worth of legal fees in December. <laughs> one okay. of the reasons Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah, okay. They're nasty. Because do you know why? This A, they've got a lot of money. They've got social media teams. They've got troll accounts. That yeah. Year. So I've had like kids' address uh, school Posted online, death threats, all sorts. You've had death threats? Yeah. They're, honestly, they're mad bastards because they spend millions and millions of pounds to convince people. So
1: the people you're out and out are then coming after you?
0: Yeah. Yeah, of course. It's like you're affecting a man's money, aren't you? Mm. It's enough motivation. But yeah. Um, sick. And also, a lot of their fans are nutcases, by yeah. the way. Like, they've never... That's fanatical, you mean? They've yeah. never bought their course. Yeah. They've never been successful. But you're now talking Hammering about it. About them. Like, yeah, okay. Or I what I realized, it sounds mad as if I sound like a crazy person explaining mm. this sometimes. It's linked so closely to religion and a lot of it is Scientology. So a lot of these people that are getting, you know, doing to a quarter of a mill mentoring. Yeah. So these like gurus yeah. recruit for like the church of Scientology and stuff like, that. like Google it and do your research. It's mad. So I was getting like crazy Scientologists threatening to fly over to Warrington airport. We don't have a Warrington, I oh, don't have an airport <laughs> by the way. Um, <laughs> Threatened to like cave my head in and posted oh, right. posting my home address, po- my kids' schools, mad. So it bring it brought a lot of stress. Once did I caught, you get the fear at that point? You're like, oh, I've overstepped mark accidentally here. Or... Well, bec- it's a weird one because I wasn't building this to do group yeah. to upsell them anything yeah. or do anything. I was doing it because I was interested. Yeah. So it, I couldn't then make the. Well, it brings a lot of hassle, but you know what? I make hundred grand a month for. Yeah. 20 grand a month or 10 grand a month. So because there was no benefit to yeah. it apart from having well, some fun and, and, and it's, exposing it's really
1: isn't it? Yeah.
0: That's part of the reason why I've not uploaded a YouTube video for eight months. Not because I've, I've been spooked but also because it's like I can probably turn my skills to something yeah. a bit more productive and also I've done enough of this content out there and if you're still having over money to these yeah, you're past saving at this point. Mm. Um. So yeah so anyway went in to meet Gary Vee Gary Vee then said I can introduce you to Netflix long story short um, he never managed to do that. He was bouncing off the walls. It has to be about that guy. Fast forward three months. There's Gary V in his office with the person he claims that he oh, fucking no. hates. Oh no. It's the worst of the worst. Yeah.
1: And you're seeing all this getting hold on a minute. You yeah. told me
0: off camera Okay. Yeah. And he also tried to pump me for twenty five grand off camera as well. He's like, Oh, so he's gone like, I'll help you. I'm on your team now. You can see the video. Yeah. And then he's gone, How serious are you about this? Like, we can do all we can do this for you for twenty-five uh, mm. grand. US. So I said, um, but I'm doing this anyway, Gary. Yeah. Like, It's not like I need you to do this. Yeah. I'm doing this anyway. Now, you've asked me about it. I've told you about it. Yeah. Like, And then he was like, well, uh, that was just a test. It was just to see if you, how serious you are. I'm willing to help you as long as I look like the good guy. Oh, God. So I said, it's not about good guys and bad guys, yeah. Gary. It's just be the guy that you are and it will come out yeah. in the wash. Yeah. So it, he never ever did that Netflix introduction. Fast forward 12 months time, I've done some videos that have gone pop.
1: Yeah. What viral, gone viral?
0: Yeah, yeah, like the the blank book, uh, made it in America, made it in Australia. That video did well, but also the press coverage got from yeah. it. The entrepreneur formula video, where I literally broke down step by step, their sales pitch tactics, how yeah. to get you to buy examples and stuff like that. But this is,
1: but you know what? What you're doing is bringing it out to light because so many people yeah. are getting caught out dropping two and a half, three grand a pop and realizing yeah. there's nothing, there's, no, there's nothing behind it. But the irony of being, by the
0: way, like I, <clears> and this is where. Even super fans and fans that love your work, sometimes they don't understand it. People are very binary or everything needs to be black or white. You know, Brexit, you know, stay, go, yeah. you know. Yeah. Everything's like that, isn't it? You know, I'm, tr- I'm either anti-Trump mm. or I fucking love Trump mm. or whatever it might be. Everyone needs that. Social media creates that. Mm. People like online. you think all online training is bullshit. Well, I don't. I had a fucking business that yeah. I sold for 8 million quid where yeah. if it's used in the right way, it doesn't overpromise. It actually delivers the stuff it says it's going to do. It's a good thing, Mm. but people couldn't make that nuance when we were, like, putting the argument together or whatever. So I'd get hundreds and hundreds of messages every week. Via what platforms? Instagram, LinkedIn, LinkedIn. um, Twitter. Have you been banned from anything? Yeah, so I lost uh, my LinkedIn account with ninety eighty five ninety thousand 90,000 subscribers for 11 months. And it was because uh, my content was anonymously reported as harassment and bullying. Is that right? How can it be harassment? No. Boy, I'm just telling someone, do you know what? this be careful is, this is this, how you spot a fake yeah. testimonial. Yeah. This is here's some software you can use to identify whether this testimonial has been used elsewhere or all written yeah. at the same time. So I was making content like that. And yeah. So and that really affected my real business to lose an account that was your biggest, yeah, your biggest lead jet. Yeah. Weirdly, I only got that account back like three days ago, four days ago. Is that right? So I had a year. So having a real business that, you know, relied on these platforms, I had 14 videos for my YouTube uh, channel taken down. I had my Instagram hacked and deleted. I've never bothered going back on there. And I had my LinkedIn account, which I've nearly 90,000 followers. All taken down overnight. Yeah. In spec- how, in how, do you, week. how do you deal with that? Um, drugs and hookers. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 uh, no. No, it's, it's hard. It, it, hurts. it, must, have been it a, must have been a
1: kidney punch, surely, when you see yeah, your LinkedIn from 90,000 go down to zip zero. Down to zi- zero. And then
0: people didn't know where it was. Yeah. So it was... But it meant that I had to do what I say I do. Rebuild. Rebuild from yeah. scratch. And I would say now, so I had to rely on plan B. Yeah. My plan B is a lot stronger than it's ever been at any point. Yeah. So now that I've got the my LinkedIn account back, especially having my plan A and the far strongest plan B, yeah. I can go again. I think I've got another big one in me.
1: Have you got energy to go again?
0: Yeah. Are you going to go down the same route again? Um, Because it's obviously... I like the model. Yeah. I like making content. Yeah. I like helping people that deserve help yeah i like creating content about businesses yeah. I like so it's an easy thing to do i could make learning heroes light essentially target mm. so a slightly different market mm. would With you go would stuff, you go would you go less aggressive
1: or would you still be as aggressive or do you think if i keep going aggressive they're just going to take me down again
0: yeah so okay. be smart like okay. i mean but i'm also old, older by the way yeah and, and i've been through not having that account for 11 months so how i use that account now will be far more strategic Smarter than, yeah. than what I was, so it's kind of made me better, a better business person.
1: When you when you Look were going to these it. events yeah. all around the country, just explain to the listener what happens because I've never been to one of these events. You explain to me what happens. Oh, I never,
0: and I didn't say this, bit. so I'll tell you from the like, yeah. So you obviously you get you search for something that you know, and I would say this: you get served up the content you're desperate to find and yeah. as soon as you do it. They start giving you more and more of that content. So if you're searching, how do I become a millionaire in twelve months? Yeah. Number one, it's the wrong question to be asking. Yeah. Searching that question. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. It's like go and work in a startup. Yeah, Get paid to learn business. Yeah. Don't hand someone two grand to, t- to tell you. Anyway, so then you see their ads everywhere, fucking following around everywhere. You click on it and you go to an event. Sometimes it's free. Sometimes it's paid. Usually they use a big name to hook you in. So Gary Vee being there or Grant Cardone being there. Yeah. You're getting 10 minutes of him at the end of day too. Now those events are funded and run by not very good business people or speakers or whatever that pay to be on stage, and they've also got a split with the people that run these events. So the
1: speakers are paying to be on stage? A lot of them, yeah. really? So there's some
0: that don't. Some, wow, yeah so, yeah, yeah, so there's like sort of headline ones yeah. that, you know, bring the people in, yeah. then there's others that pay. So I could set up a, I could set myself up as now as the UK's number one wealth coach, whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah. I could go to Success Resources. I'm banned from their events, by the way. So I'd go to <laughs> Success Resources and go, can I talk on stage? They'd yeah. go, yeah, this is what your price is, 10 grand. And then we split whatever you sell from the stage 50-50. I go on there, do my pitch, and it's the same process. So it'll be, I was just like you. I was sat where you were 12 months ago, yeah. but I took a leap of faith yeah. and blah, blah, blah. People doubt me. Same same script. Yeah. You can watch on my channel. I've got yeah. it all there. Then it would be, it's time limited. So this is only available to the next 25 people. And then people would stand up and rush to the back room. Now, what I learned and saw it was always the same people getting up at these events. So they're not even real people buying oh, the course. Right. They work yeah. for these people. Yeah. And then obviously you're thinking, shit, like there's only 20 yeah. of these courses, yeah, yeah, yeah. six of them are. One girl that signed me in as the registration in the Monday of one event was the excited uh, customer at the event like 10 days later when I was in a different right. event. Okay. okay. So I was seeing these things yeah, like, okay. this is bonkers. So, yeah. And he'd be like, this is a one-time opportunity, one-time, I'll never make this offer again. Well, I'd go watch you make it like two days later in Newcastle, yeah. like, three days later in Manchester. I mean. <laughs> so that's all I made. So I just I just basically recorded this entire thing, put it on YouTube, but it is mad. And yeah. they use fake testimonies. So I've seen people, I know people that are in these courses that have not had any success, but their next part of the um, being in this yeah. sort of like a group or the is, yeah. we can get you to talk about your business at my next event. Mm. So, there's people that haven't even made any money and now testimonials on stage saying, ever since I've joined this. Oh da, da, da. So oh you kind of become part of the slam yourself <clears throat> yeah. at some point. And that's all it is. And I realized property was rife with it. Yeah. Anything new, like now NFTs, yeah. podcasts, yeah. there'll be people on there saying, how to make 10 grand a yeah. month from your podcast. I haven't made fucking 10 quid. Yeah. They make more money from selling courses on how to do stuff. And I'd think, take the example with my own business there. A real business paid me or paid us eight million quid and told us, please don't do this for two years because yeah. we don't want a competitor in our yeah. industry. So why the fuck would a property guru that yeah. makes millions of pounds through property, um, buying properties in Bournemouth or Poole, yeah. Warrington, Manchester, yeah. why would he stop making his millions of pounds to go and get a conference room yeah. in fucking Travel Lodge yeah. on a Sunday when they're telling you quit the nine to five? Yeah. You work on Sundays, mate. Yeah. Um why would this? why would they teach you how they make a million pounds a month for 27 pounds? Yeah. You're turning customers into competitors. Yeah. It's obvious to me, it's yeah. obvious to you because yeah. it's bullshit. Yeah. But some people can't seem to mm. see that this is a stupid, mm. stupid business model. You're saturating your own market. Is there a lot of it sounds like there's a lot of this all stemmed from
1: people in America doing this? Is there people in the UK trying to replicate? yeah of course yeah well
0: you 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 can see them like if they're all over clubhouse they're all over facebook they're all over and they are always i call them grifters they're always on what's the next thing so they're it was property five years ago then it was stocks and shares it was crypto crypto, it's nfts right now yeah so it's anybody that's that's sending facebook ads at you or on clubhouse talking about are you interested in in nfts I guarantee they're three, four, five weeks away from dropping their own NFT collection. Yeah, and but they were the same guys that were trying to sell you to start up a podcast six yeah, months ago. Yeah, or do affiliate marketing. Yeah, uh, like six months before that, it's yeah. like what I don't get is these people are good at marketing. Mm. Why don't they just do the best with marketing? Yeah, course, stick marketing. Yeah, rather than pretend that they've made a hundred. Do you think earners? it's all? Do you think a lot of it comes down to ego? Yeah, I think so. I think this is an odd thing that I'm going to say now. What I've realized basically researching this industry for like three, four years, they're sometimes victim of the same scam themselves. Yeah. So, like the biggest ones in the UK, some of the worst ones, by the way, that go and like have a look online and you'll know who I'm talking about, they've paid two and a half, uh, sorry, 250 grand to be mentored by Grant Cardone. Yeah. Or so they've almost, they're almost a victim of the same scam. Yeah. And I think they justify it in their mind. Like, if I had a room of a thousand people, yeah and they were all entrepreneurs or whatever. Just by the nature of the numbers, one or two of them are going to go on to make, you know, 10 grand a month, 100 grand a month, a million pounds, sell the business for 10 million. That's not because of my course. That's because just the numbers will tell you that, you know, 0.2 or 0.9% or whatever become millionaires. Mm. These gurus will say, their success is 100% down for me because they did my course, but they won't ever... Um, claim or acknowledge any of the ninety-nine point eight percent failures. Did, yeah. Well, they didn't follow the course right. Yeah. So I think they justify it as well. what I'm teaching them is right because it's changed my life. Mm. But it's not changed your life because you're doing the thing you're teaching. Mm. Change your life because you're selling bullshit. So yeah, entrepreneurs. And- Do you reckon they can brainwash their own minds to yeah. then pass it on? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I reckon if you said to, so, there's some that know the cons, right? Yeah. I think there's others that think, oh no, well, Carol. She become a millionaire or well, she's now financially free. And, yeah. you know, I did something with her yeah. three years ago. Yeah. I think that's, I think they think that they're the good guys, mm. but it's not until you start taking the piss at what they do. Yeah. Um, some of them don't find it funny. Yeah. It is funny, though. Yeah,
1: it's probably funny. So so yeah. all of this, so you've you've been taken down from LinkedIn, you've been taken down from Insta, yeah. you've got a massive YouTube channel. And anyone out there listening, please go and have a look at the YouTube channel because the content is fantastic. New, new
0: content every eight months. Is it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all animated as well, which I love. Uh, yeah, so I've got a studio. So weirdly, I, I I have a business, actually, that makes proper business content about real business yeah. stuff called Views of My Own. Yeah. Um, so I make a lot of that content for the views of my own like business. Community. Is that your
1: new business? Is it views of my own?
0: Yeah, started it in December, and it was because December twenty one. Uh, yeah, 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 this year, uh, and it was basically I get asked a version of the same three questions by business people all the time or people that want to. It was how did you grow a social media once to two hundred thousand? Yeah. Um, how did you market your business? Like, so I I'm big on organic marketing. Yeah. not not paid stuff. So. How did you market your business? How did you grow so quick? How did you sign up so many people? And how did you sell so much? Yeah. And then sell your business. So basically those three things. So I just thought, I hate people saying, Can I pay you and do a one-to-one? Can you be my mentor? Mm-hmm. Like, I'd rather go. Well, I'll you ask me a question, yeah. I'll just make a video on that and then give it to everybody yeah. so they can all see it. Yeah. So essentially that's what I've done. I've gone, I will answer your business questions, but just film. My answers but again like the entrepreneur stuff it's weird how it's kind of gone full circle instead of me just telling you some bullshit that i've read i'll go this is what i've actually done in my business and so what i've basically done is every single week i just take a topic make content about it get guest experts but show exactly how i've done that so one at the moment how did i grow a twitter following so i only started on twitter started following an organic growth strategy so i broke it down exactly what i do in terms of what tweets I do, what time, why I do those tweets, put it out to the group. They can copy me if they want. Yeah. And then if stuff doesn't work, just fucking avoid it. Yeah. So that's what I did. So that's what I set up and in, in called Views My Own. So. Quality. And where can people find you? So views on my own It's free. So I launched it in December. I've got three thousand people signed up to the free version now. And then there's like one hundred and fifty people that pay to actually be in the paid group, which is where they get the video content. Brilliant stuff like that. Is that a good community? I think so. Yeah. I think so. It's good. It, it's, it's real it's honest, good. it's real
1: honest content, isn't it?
0: Yeah, so it is one, like, so I've gone and tried this growth strategy, and I've gone, I don't think it's that good. Yeah. I think it's shit. I wouldn't, it's not wa- worth wasting hours doing this. Yeah. But if you want a five minute version that's worked, this is what, if I had to pick which part of this I would follow, I would put my eggs into this basket yeah. or whatever. So it's worked really well, and, Okay. so it's interesting and it's almost like I'm not saying if all this stuff's going to work yeah. but I'm giving you actual real things real I'm doing yeah. in my real businesses because yeah. I've got like investment company content creation company yeah. stuff like that mate so.
1: you're doing some really cool stuff it's yeah. different isn't it yeah mate Mike I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation mate really yeah mate really enjoyed it I don't like leaving
0: Warrington so it was there uh, worth it no worth mate
1: I really do appreciate you coming down I love your honesty I think that whole entrepreneur thing is fascinating anyone out there please go and have a look go onto YouTube and have a look check out Mike Winnett because what I think's happened now is that the content you are creating there, all the animation and everything, that's only going to help you in the, your next chapter.
0: Yeah, I think
1: so. 100%. Mike, I thoroughly enjoyed it, mate. Good man. Thanks for having me. Cheers, mate.